the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Family finance, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800-516-1220. So call in. We'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now to start your day with the latest news and market commentary. Here's Rob Black on the Bay Area's business leader, 1220 KDOW. Good morning. Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. Giving you a blow by blow what's happening in the economy, the stock market, maybe what's happening in the real estate insurance, 401k areas that you care more about. On occasion, I'll talk sharks. Sharks eating people. But not too often. Lots going on in the world of investing. Today and tomorrow, the Federal Reserve is getting together. And depending on what they say, it could affect your housing value. could affect your stock market value. could affect how insurers raise or don't raise rates. Because the Federal Reserve controls interest rates in the United States. They've got a dual mandate of employment and low inflation. They try to fight inflation, they try to keep employment as full as possible. I'm summing up when I say that. Taper is a word that we recently started using to discuss the Federal Reserve's buying of debt. It's one of the tools that they have that allows U.S. government to own debt. Not just to issue debt, but to own debt. Most of us know that the federal government and state governments will issue debt to fund a road project. To help stimulate the economy, our government will issue debt and buy that debt to push the cost of debt lower. That's great news if you're a borrower. It's a horrible set of facts that you have to deal with if you're a saver. So we started using the word taper because the Federal Reserve was roughly buying $80 billion in mortgages a month. That's going to end at some point. We all agree on that. When you start adding up $80 billion a month, it comes to $80 billion times 10 months, $800 billion, add another $160 billion. Oh, my God, that's almost a trillion dollars that they're help stimulate the economy. So when the federal government, Barack Obama, approves a stimulus plan of a trillion dollars, we're like, that's a lot of money. We don't have that. That again, the amount of money being spent for the president to go to Africa on both a personal vacation as well as a build relationships business, people are like, yeah, $50 billion here, $60 billion, it's all okay. 
$500 million plus for the president's travel to another country. Every time he flies to Cincinnati for a town hall, same thing. Every time he flies to Canada, same thing. It costs money to protect a president. That said, there's some positives from it. We all know about it. But at a time where we have massive deficits and we're freaked out about them as a nation, like, again, if we're at war and we're fighting Adolf Hitler in terms like, roll up the deficits, we're going to get this bad guy. <clears throat> but when you're fighting Wall Street greed or banks or, you know, can you trust your 401k, we do kind of clinch up a little bit. So the word taper has to deal with the idea, the concept that we're going to stop buying mortgage debt. And when that happens, mortgage debt should become more expensive. Now is not the best time to buy real estate. If you believe that when the Fed creates the cost of money going more expensive, real estate values will come down because people can afford monthly payments. Now is the best time to buy if you're going to lock yourself into a low rate interest rate for the long term. Five, six years ago, I bought a home in the Bay Area that it was was a little bit more than I wanted to spend on a monthly payment. Then interest rates fell, and I'm more than comfortable with it. In five, ten years, if I keep getting a little bit of wage inflation here, wage inflation there, I'll be good. So China's got a real problem. China's been doing the same thing the United States has, a little bit of financial engineering. So fund managers are growing increasingly concerned about China. I listened to CFP Chad Burton say this yesterday where he's like, I'm considering a concept where I give up on indexes and I go after individual stocks in China. That's very, very, very true. You can listen to Chad from 1 to 2 o'clock every day here on KDOW. So fund managers have been growing concerned about China to the point that they're pulling money out and putting more cash to work in Europe and the United States. Allocation commodities have also reached a record low with net 32% of asset allocations holding underweight positions. China's economy will weaken in the next year is expected. So there's a so-called great rotation going on as well. So there's this volatility happening in the market. We're going from saying, yeah, China looks good, check. If China's good, then commodities should be pretty good, check. To unchecking some of these boxes. It's tough to find news on Brazil, but it's out there. Brazil's going to host the World Cup soccer tournament as well as the Olympics, and demonstrators are pissed. And why do I say that? Because there's a 10-cent hike on bus fares. And that's, in of itself, you're like, that doesn't sound like that crazy. But there's massive corruption in the nation. There's low-quality public education. There's a heavy tax burden on citizens. So should they be spending money on stadiums, or should they be spending money on education? And again, that's something that we come back to in the United States as well. Of where where does the stimulus money go? What's the best use of it? There's some crazy video online, if you search for it on Brazil, protests, of how many people are in the streets angry. So could you invest in Brazil right now? Brazil, Russia, India, and China? You know that, that theory on emerging markets, 
the BRIC nations, Brazil, Russia, India, and China. I just told you two things. China's slowing down, and Brazil's angry that they're having so much money being spent on the Olympics. <sighs> Anyhow, anyway. 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls in there. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. I truly do mean that, as you can clearly tell. Stocks rose yesterday after the SP 500. Okay. <laughs> number eight, you got to get this right. No numbers until I give out the numbers. All I was doing, I was going in stocks rose yesterday based on housing starts. Now here's the numbers. S&P 500 up four, Dow up 63, NASDAQ up 12. He's a little quick on that, that the bell finger. And I can understand, because some days I do it at 6 after, some days I do it at 14 after. Uh, Fed meeting is really going to drive the market tomorrow. Whatever happens today could totally reverse tomorrow. Yes, Sony's got a situation where third point mutual fund, hedge fund, is raising its stake. Boeing officially launched a new version of its Dreamliner 787-10. It's a little bit wider body. Sprint Nextel is suing Dish Networks to block Dish's bid for Clearwire. That seems messy and ugly. Yahoo is looking at potentially going after Exomni for $40 million, as well as going after video app maker Quickie. Rambus upping their expectations for the quarter. 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. It's Rob Black and your money on the Wall Street Business Network. To Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW and iHeart Radio Station. Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Consumer prices edged higher in the month of May, one tenth of one percent. Tough to get excited about that. Housing starts up 6.8% in May. Building permits near a five-year high. Fell 3.1%, but still near a five-year high. Are we early to say that real estate is starting to see the supply side do well? We know the demand side's high. When supply catches up to demand, does that mean an end of the rise in home prices locally? I think real estate's a local market. It's really, really tough for me to give advice on real estate on a national level. I think investing is an individual situation, so it's very, very tough for me to give you specific rules for you versus trying to teach you how to set up some specific rules for yourself. Get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. In a couple of minutes, I'll be interviewing an executive uh, advisor 
from briefing.com. It's briefing.com. Let's take a quick look at the market numbers, see how we're doing this morning. The S&P 500 up 5, the Dow up 74, the NASDAQ up 15. Welcome in, CFP Chad Burton. Some alarming statistics crossing my desk. 75% of iPhone owners will likely upgrade their current model to Apple's next generation smartphone by the end of the year. For Americans, the average monthly cost of shopping is $736. Boomers spend on average $650 a month alone on technology. These three statistics combined tell me, wow, there's a lot of cash flow issues out there. You know, it's it's tough to look at some of the statistics that are out there and feel very positive about investing sometimes because of the demographics, because of how Americans act even after this bubble that we've had. You've got to remember that a lot of companies that you're investing in, though, are outside the U.S. in terms of revenue. They're getting a lot of their revenue from you know, emerging markets, middle classes going around the world. But here's a big one, Rob, is that one of the reasons why people spend so much is because they don't know what they're spending. Seventy percent of Americans don't have a budget, and there's no excuse for that. There's absolutely no excuse because of the free tools that are out there, like Mint.com, LearnVest. I mean, all these tools that you can link your accounts to, and it will tell you what you're spending. It'll keep an eye on it for you. Most bank accounts, whether it's Wells Fargo or Credit Union, have spending tracking capabilities as well. So there's no reason that you should know what you're spending. And when you know what you're spending on, you can start coming up with numbers that make a little bit more sense. For instance, um, if every four years you buy a new car, instead of getting a $50,000 car, get a $40,000 car, you start, you know, what is that, 10 times 4? You save $400,000. Like, you could save a ton of money fast if you're just smart about your decisions in your lifetime. Yeah, because you might like to drive something new. As long as it's new to you, you know, why not get a oh, car that's, that's leased? You know, that's that's, the, that's cliches that I don't like. If it's new to you. If it's, it's new, new to you. Yeah, it's yeah. not really new. But it, it is. I mean, you, assets like cars are I don't like other people have driven my car. It's like pre-chewed food. I don't like it. Well, it doesn't bother me because I beat up cars and have three kids and... So they don't and last. It, it, they're they're not clean very long. So it doesn't bother me at all. Again, that's where I'm getting at it. It's silly to to idolize new cars. It, we do idolize things in the, in this country. iPhone, gotta have the new one. New car, gotta have a new one. Um, I don't have a pursuit for material objects. And again, I say that I like my my vacations to be grand, and I I splurge on my vacations. I don't splurge on my car. Yeah, because it's the memories. That's where I splurge. It's things like the activities, the things that you know keep you balanced in life and passionate. That's, that's where I tend to overspend. Boating, <laughs> there's no good good way to spend on that, but it's a blast for the family. But at the same time, I'm, you know, 42% of Americans live paycheck to paycheck, and then once they get past that point where they actually have excess income, then they end up overspending before they save. And so people are doing it backwards, um, and they'll never get to retirement. They're going to be retiring when they're 75 or 80 years old because they're going to have to work till a, a ripe old age. When you look at baby boomers right now, some of the facts that you see from AARP to Fidelity to any, you're seeing about 97% of baby boomers are have not saved enough for retirement. Luckily, though, the baby boomers, a lot of their parents were Depression-era people that save, 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 save. They're worth millions of dollars, and they live off their Social Security. So there is some wealth transfer that will save a, probably half to 60% of these baby boomers. But after that, they're going to be relying on the system, and they're going to be broke. I'm with you on that. And again, the way you spend money now will shape how much you save so that you don't have to rely on the system. If you've got kids, 
swap with other parents' books. You don't have to go buy your kids new books all the time. Just swap with other parents. Swap toys. Because, again, it's new to them. They, get, they don't know any difference. I don't remember much. I don't remember anything before age six. Yeah, well, you're seeing that, too. And, um, uh, you know, if you like to shop a lot, and it's the same thing, there's a, there's a um, LearnVest.com is a site that you and I have talked about sure. before. It's kind of um, financial planning for women by women type of a site. And they talk about things like clothing swaps. Rather than go out and hit the sales and spend money that you could be putting into your 401k, if you have $1,000 that goes into your 401k, you'll save $300 on taxes, and you'll have $1,000 working for you. If you take, earn $1,000, you have $700 left after you pay taxes to go shopping with. So you've got to think about you know, who's getting your money. Is it your saving or is it your what retailer? Do you what do you think about reusing toothpaste? Reusing toothpaste. What do you do? How do you how do you solidify it again, Rob? You don't. You know, you just spit it out in a cup and then you use it the next night. I think that's a horrible idea. With what? that said, you, that's CFP Chad Burton. You can find him at newfocusfinancial.com. It's newfocusfinancial.com. I like the idea. I'm Rob Black. Yeah, yeah. I've had a couple business ideas totally flop on me. A restaurant called Bulimics. Line the bathroom is longer than the line for food. Um. My dual restaurant called, I don't know, You Decide, where every time you go out with this loved one, where you want to eat tonight? I don't know. You decide. I don't care. You decide. Some of my ideas don't quite work out the way I want them to, nor will yours. The word taper now is extending a little bit further beyond just the word tied towards the Federal Reserve with interest rates. Now the word taper also implies the Federal Reserve head himself, Ben Bernanke. President Barack Obama said last night in an interview that he thinks the Fed chairman stayed longer than he wanted to, longer than expected. So now we know his tenure ain't going to last forever. Some changes are coming to Wall Street. How comfortable are you with that? I'm comfortable. Hopefully you are too. I believe more in capitalism than I believe in quote-unquote being specifically right with a bullet shot. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money. I'm Rob Black. Find me online at robblack.com. Coming up, briefing.com. A place with no violence or profanity. A pl- that is not a good message. .com. <laughs> You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW. This song talks about San Francisco. I do believe Patrick O'Hare. Chief Market Analyst with Briefing.com, located somewhere near Chicago, if not directly in Chicago. Mr. O'Hare, am I correct? That's right. We're uh, smack dab on Michigan Avenue. <laughs> Great city. Um, and San Francisco is as well. Let's talk markets. Um, do you have any comment about Ben Bernanke and basically Obama last night saying that you know his tenure is eventually going to run up and 
market's going to have to deal with that. Yeah, you know, I think what the president was expressing was something that the market kind of was already getting his mind around anyway. I mean, uh, Fed Chairman Bernanke is sort of uh, seems to have dropped some hints that he's uh, about ready to, uh, to step down. And, um, and you know, I don't think that uh, there's anything more to the president's comments last night than, uh, than meets the eye. I do, you know, agree with what the White House's uh, assessment of that was. It's just that he was essentially showing respect for what the Fed chairman uh, his service and um, and recognizes that it's probably going to be someone new at the helm uh, come January. The end of ultra-cheap money tied towards Ben Bernanke, who lowered interest rates in the United States, seems to be coming to an end. We might be shooting first and asking questions later, but <laughs> is that your assessment of what's going on, the end of ultra-cheap money as the 10-year Treasury bond has moved from 1.6 to 2.2? Well, um, you know, I guess it's depends in part on you know how we're going to how we're defining what the ultra cheap money is if you know if you're talking specifically about interest the fed funds rate you know that's not going to change for a while yet um, and you know what the fed has tried to convey to market participants is that even if they pull back on their asset purchases they're still going to be you know in an accommodative mindset because the balance sheet will continue to expand it's just not going to expand the same uh, to the same extent that it once did um, so you know in a general sense um, I think the market is is kind of starting to you know get agitated at the idea that the Fed's not going to be you know, giving it unbridled policy support, and it recognizes that, uh, you know, the real economy hasn't really met the credentials set by the Federal Reserve for, you know, starting to take back some of that support, and it's, I think, a little bit nervous that this economy can't stand on its own two two legs, and so, um, and so you're seeing some gyrations, not just in the treasury market, but also within global capital markets as well around this growing sense of uncertainty as to what will come next, not only with Fed policy, but with respect to real economic activity around the world. And um, uh, and that's a little bit distressing here because, you know, it's just breeding confusion uh, for market participants and, uh, and making things probably more volatile than they, you know, need to be. Speaking of that volatility, I do a segment on television in San Francisco where kind of an everyman interviews me, one of our reporters at the station, and he's like, the market's been crazy lately. And I go, well, it's kind of prepping for the switch from super low-cost money where we hit in utilities and telecom, and now we're going to go more towards tech and energy as we start to grow. The Fed's kind of prepping us for this transition. Is it too obvious? Am I, like... Do you know what I'm saying? Like, it, it almost seems too easy of a read that the volatility is going to shift to something more positive in growth. Yeah, well, you know, it's an interesting, uh, interesting question, Rob. But you know, look, uh, you know, look at what we've seen this month, right? We've seen the rise in volatility, but you know, you know what the best performing sectors are so far, month to date? The defensive-oriented sectors. Okay. You know, utilities, consumer staples, telecom services, and healthcare. Right? Those are not you know, the types of sectors you would expect to be jumping out here if the upward adjustment in interest rates was reflecting this belief that the economy is getting ready to, you know, take off and do just fine without Fed support. So, you know, that's one of the, you know, the disconnects here that makes things a little bit confusing that even though you see days like yesterday and, and even today, you know, you have to dial up another 100 points, um, it's 
it's confusing because you don't have the leadership you would expect to see right now in a market that's getting ready to, to launch on this idea that the economy can stand on its own two feet. You write a piece every day for briefing.com. I'm speaking with Patrick O'Hare, Chief Market Analyst. Uh, basically, I think it's called Page One, where that's, right. mm-hmm. that's where I start my day. And you start your day at the Financial Times. You start your day somewhere else. And you start putting this piece together. And CPI looks tame. Consumer price index inflation looks tame. Mm-hmm. I'm summing up. Uh, building permits pretty darn high, all things considered. Um, housing starts great. The fundamentals look great. And like you said, the defensive stocks are doing better than the growth fundamental stocks. And do you ever just go, ah, like I want a day off and not do this because it doesn't make sense at times? Uh, yeah, you know, I, one of the words that keeps coming into my mind these days is exasperating, right? Um, you know, the, the market's behavior is exasperating. The, you know, all of the attention to the Fed and what it might or might not do is exasperating. The constant rotation between, you know, these sectors is exasperating. And, and you know, it's really pretty much a function of, I think, that you know, the, the the dependency factor on, you know, policy support right now. And, and I recently, you know, downgraded our market view to a, to more, to a neutral position. Um, you know, we didn't think, you know, in the past that, you know, the, you, you needed to be in the market, you know, um, just given what the Fed was trying to do. But, but we're a little bit, you know, more concerned now that the market's just kind of just divorcing itself from some of these underlying fundamental factors. Now, there's no question the housing market is improving. Auto sales are surging, right? Those are two real pockets of strength right now. But when you continue to look at, you know, labor market conditions and soft business investment and the deceleration you're seeing in China and falling inflation rates, not only in the U.S., but around the globe, um, it, it really, you know, Lisa's asking, you know, how can that be with all of that policy largesse after, you know, five years now and you're still not getting any real escape velocity here? And so, so yeah, you know, it's just kind of exasperating right now to, to consider that fact alone, uh, but also in terms of just the, the overall analysis of what's going on uh, between these, you know, between these markets. And so it's a little bit difficult right now, and, and that's why we're Essentially, you know, informing our readers to, you know, they might want to consider, you know, taking some profits off of this big run we've seen since mid-November and just kind of maybe, you know, stick to the sidelines and not feel like you need to rush in to, to do anything uh, right now because there's likely to be a good bit of volatility in the coming months here surrounding this idea of, you know, when will the Fed start to, you know, pull back on this unbridled accommodation it's been offering and which the stock market has just been eating up all along the way. With that said, I tend to hoard the first four or five questions. I always like to let you in, Pat, with what are you working on? What are your thoughts? What do we need to know? Just in case I didn't ask the right question. So microphone is yours. Well, well, thank you. Um, and your questions were, were just fine, I'll say. And, um, you know, I'm working on what, what everyone's working on, and I, I have no choice. But, you know, I'm looking at the Federal Reserve, right? You have the FOMC meeting that concludes tomorrow. And I'll be, you know, looking at, you know, what they say, and certainly analyzing how the market responds to what is said, and so that's likely going to be uh, foremost in uh, you know my upcoming commentary. Thanks very much. It's Patrick O'Hare, Chief Market Analyst, Briefing.com, from Chicago or in Chicago. And let's note that Chicago is in the National Hockey League and playing in the playoffs, and it looks like in hindsight Comcast did a great thing by going after the NHL and massively overpaying when ESPN and Walt Disney backed off 
in the 2005 strike because ratings, and you couldn't ask for a better matchup if you're Comcast or the NHL. Chicago uh, playing in the, the finals, uh, very dramatic at this point in time against the Boston Bruins. You got number two largest city with like maybe number three, number four uh, in the United States. That's pretty good place to be in, if you know what I'm saying, as far as eyeballs. So uh, you can find out more about briefing.com. And again, I just totally digressed into Chicago and the NHL because I do like the sport. Briefing.com provides independent live market analysis of the U.S. and international equity markets. And I rely on experts. You should rely on experts. You should build your own initiatives and, and concepts, but you should find people that are really good at what they do. Maybe it's a market strategist that you like from briefing. Maybe it's a technician that you like from Citigroup. Maybe it's a banking analyst that you like on CNBC. Start building a case. Don't get too caught up in trying to be right. Have maybe 20 mantras that you live by. I like to buy on 10% corrections. I love to buy on 30% corrections. I feel weird when the market's hitting new high 10 days in a row. Or when the market's above its 50-day moving average by a lot. Come up with concepts you can write down. I once said when I was a very, very young man in my 20s that... Writing it makes it true. I remember as a kid, you know, carving the initials of a girlfriend in a tree. And, you know, she had to embarrassingly see that. <laughs> Hopefully her dad didn't see it. He probably wanted to kill me. But at least I let my thoughts be known. And whether I was right or wrong, they were known. One of the biggest problems that people face when investing in maxing out their 401k is that they seem to remember things that they want to remember. They seem to forget things that they want to forget. I've made humiliatingly bad investment decisions in my life. I once bought a company called Cryomedical Sciences that froze prostate cancers. My dad died of uh, cancer. I had a good friend this week, last week, died from cancer. A guy named Nelson um, died in his early 50s, way too early. Anyway, I got caught up in cancer's bad. Let's invest in concepts that beat cancer. Biggest mistake I've made. I never repeated it. I don't do medical device companies. Even when I see something like an intuitive surgical, awesome. I'd rather buy an index than, than try to be right. Anyhow, anyway, uh, find me online at robblack.com. Find briefing online at briefing.com. Housing component, also more of a substitution of six, a gain of 0.6%. S&P 500, Berg Market Minute. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. So this was one of my favorite songs as a child. Jean Saint Fontier, Games Without Frontiers. Right now it looks like the Taliban's getting ready to start negotiations with Afghanistan about peace talks. This song echoes the games that political powers play. 
And if for some reason you don't care, I feel bad. Brazil's a mess right now. Their citizens say poor education and the Olympics are coming. We don't want to build stadiums. We want better education. Games Without Frontiers was a hit single in 1980 for Peter Gabriel. It was off his self-titled third solo album, which is also called Melt, because he didn't have titles for his first few albums. He just had images. Okay, I'm not even going to go into that angle. But the song lyrics come from, you know, Jus Sans Frontiers, Games Without Frontiers, Jus Sans Frontiers, a European game show. It featured, you know, competing prizes and outlandish games of skill of people dressed in crazy costumes. Now, there was also a lot of nationalism in it because a lot of the names were like Hans plays with Lottie, Ching Cheng uh, was the wife of Chairman Mao mentioned in the song. Enrico plays with Adolf, Adolf German dictator. Enrico um, was tied towards Poland, I believe. Suki plays with Leo. Sasha plays with Brit. Adolf builds a bonfire. Enrico plays with that. And again, I, I don't know. My point being is, look what's happening in Brazil. That has to change your opinion of how you invest and what's important to invest in and what's not. Look what's happening in Russia with uh, Putin. And you know, at one point in time, I was listening to a radio show. And the guys are like, yeah, go buy Yukos oil. I'm like, never, ever. And I talk to my radio, like people talk to TVs. I'm like, never, ever buy Yukos. Never buy a Russian oil company because they don't play fair in Russia. Putin's like, I want that oil. And he takes it. Brazil, Russia, India, and China, for all that's wonderful about the growth of the middle class there, i.e. poor people going to factories to make things, and then you have a little bit of spending change, and you go on vacation, you smoke cigarettes, and you help build economies. For all that's going on there, there is still a huge element of corruption in their governments. You know, I have one simple request, and that is to have sharks with laser beams attached to their heads. If I were a dictator, I would have sharks with laser beams attached to their heads. If I were a dictator, I would have my own basketball league of four-foot-tall, short people against me and, like, four of my friends. I would dominate. I would make Justin Bieber look tame. The album version of Games Without Frontiers featured the line, Whistling tunes, we piss on the goons in the jungle. Now, that was ultimately replaced for the single, which was a little bit more radio-friendly, with whistling tunes or kissing baboons in the jungle. (laughs) Anyhow, Games Without Frontiers, I think, uh, again, centuries of war ultimately are meaningless and stupid. But it does change your view of investing and that comes from music and I hope you get that the importance of exposing your children to music Um, and not Justin Bieber music anyhow I'm totally sidetracking if I had to only invest in Brazil Russia India and China it would scare me because the amount of corruption if you ever go to India it's a very very poor nation that has some pockets of incredible intelligence out of the four nations that I just mentioned I believe that India's got the best school system. I believe that India's got the best college system. I believe that India's got the best political system. 
If I were to only invest in Brazil, Russia, India, or China, I'd pick India. Thankfully, you as investors don't have to do that. I don't know. Just throwing it out there for you. Stocks are rising amid the Housing Starts data and Fed meeting. Now, at some point in time, the Fed's going to stop being friendly to the monetary policy. The monetary policy is going to stop being friendly to the economy. The economy is going to change. And when that happens, Wall Street's going to get freaked out. Because areas that were reporting consistently good earnings will start reporting eh, a miss here or there. Areas that were underperforming their historical growth rates will start outperforming their current growth rates and reverting back to the norm. When that happens, be ready for it. And, and don't freak out because you know it's going to happen. Anyhow, some of the other headlines out there today. Boeing confirms plan for a longer Dreamliner. Uh, a stretch airplane. Is that a big story? Hell yeah, it's a big story because Boeing already has eight years of backlog. So anytime that stock corrects materially, you jump into it. If the stock market pulls it back 20% because the stock market's crazy and goes down 30 to 40%, you jump on Boeing. Boeing's not going to pull back 30 to 40% because there's enough people like me who know it ain't pulling back that much. We know their backlog. If their planes were to suddenly cause cancer, okay, maybe it pulls back that much. So maybe a correction in something like a Yahoo's 30 to 40%. Maybe something as a correction in Boeing is 10 to 15%. They're different sectors. Rambus raised the bottom end of its second quarter guidance. Yahoo, speaking of, um, offering to buy a dress book app maker, Exomni, for $40 million. I don't even see that as a story at this point in time. They're also considering $50 million for video app maker Quickie. Sprint Nextel suing Dish Networks. Sony's on the watch list today. Third point is raising their stake in the company as they're about to appoint a new board of directors. Now, you can't do anything, you can't know anything until that board of directors is in there. Will they spit off their media division? It's hugely valuable. I saw last night they've already got release dates for Spider-Man, Amazing Spider-Man 2, Amazing Spider-Man 3, Amazing Spider-Man 4. Talking about milk in a franchise. Speaking of milk... 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-516-1220. You're listening to Rob Black and your money on the Wall Street Business Network. It's the place where wise money invests, and its track record of the last 25 years is better than gold. What is this place? Real estate. I'm Tom Wilson, and I'd like to show you how real estate can be an important brick in your retirement building. At Wilson Investment Properties, we provide complete turnkey investment products. Welcome in. Rob Black, your money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. What's on your financial mind? We have tons of topics we could talk about. Hewlett Packard's in the news today. They've named a new executive to focus on business in China. Facebook's in the news today. Amazon.com announced a new feature in which customers can send Amazon.com gift cards to friends on Facebook. Facebook's also in the news because Zuckerberg, Zucks, is meeting with Samsung Electronics, potentially about how to boost advertising sales for mobile devices. 
Facebook founders pledged to invest in products that will reward investors disappointed by the big slump in the share price since it was bought, brought public. So he met with South Korean President Park Geun-hye, forgive me if I butchered that because I probably did, to discuss ways to promote technology startups. So he's out there, he's doing his job, trying to build the future of the company. Not necessarily focused on the here and now. Stocks are rising today. I'm not going to say across the board, because honestly, I haven't looked. I'll take a look now to see how far, what's doing well and what's doing poorly. But the numbers are the numbers. The S P 500's up eight. Dow down nine, up 96. Nasdaq up 22. Gold's getting routed again, down 20. 13.63 an ounce. I don't see a case for gold right now. Ten-year Treasury sits at 2.2%. It's kind of the level that we got last week when the market started getting nervous. The Federal Reserve is going to tell us a little bit about tapering tomorrow. I don't know. Um, I don't think anyone has a definitive, clear answer. I think we should have congressional hearings on oil prices. Because oil still $97 a barrel, even though we know the world is slowing down. American Express up 1.3%. Fleur. Fleur. Sounds like a Finnish company, eh? Verdi, 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 Fleur Systems rallied 5.9%. Raymond James lifted its rating to strong buy. Hormel Foods cut its 2013 profit forecast. Walter Energy higher after Morgan Stanley said the coal miners' shares may triple. Whoa. Whoa, 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 whoa. Stop the press, right? Stock may triple? Coal miner? One of my favorite lines in Zoolander. Zoolander desperately needs a sequel. But Ben Stiller is playing a super high fashion model who has basically no brains. He's just dumb as rock. At some point in time, he decides he wants to go back to work with his dad and his brother in the coal mines instead of being this super high-end million-dollar-a-day-plus model. <laughs> he swings a hammer. They show you one scene of one second of him swinging a hammer. And after one second, he basically goes, <coughs> Dad, I think I got the black lung. Which is cute. Unless you have someone who has died from the black lung in your family, and then suddenly I'm the meanest person on the planet. But Anyhow, and anyway, a coal miner potentially tripling, so says Morgan Stanley. I'll go read that note. Housing starts Housing starts climbed 6.8% in the month of May to 914,000 rate. That's better than expected, sort of, depending on which economist you were looking at. Bloomberg analyzes and surveys 82 economists, and let's just put it this way. Some are right, some are wrong. You can't put all your value in any one person. Applications to build one-family homes, single-family homes, increased 1.3%. Now, that's the fastest rate since May 2008. Now, again, with housing starts, you get you know uh, apartments, single-families. You get kind of some different components. Um, so that analyst at Morgan Stanley said the stock could basically go from 12 bucks to $35 after the company plunged 20% in two days as it canceled a plan to refinance $1.55 billion in loans. BlackBerry is a big winner today. Winner. 
RBC, RBC Capital Markets raised its estimates for sales of its BlackBerry 10 devices to 3.5 million units, up from 2.7 million units. I don't see that as a story. You know, to me, they're tertiary. And I'll take, you know, fringe, but I won't take that far fringe. BlackBerry's just not relevant. I consider Microsoft and Nokia more relevant than BlackBerry. And that's not a good thing. Skull Candy. They're down seven-tenths of a percent. Their CFO resigned. And the audio equipment seller is going to close its San Clemente, California office. The company is going to relocate creative business development and legal departments to Park City, Utah. Okay, so California losing a business. Now, the CFO, he may just like California, and he may not like Park City, Utah. He may have gone into this chief executive officer and said, I, 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 I don't want to live in Park City. Or it could be that he doesn't like the way their accounting's going. Or it could be that he's too aggressive for the board, or he's too conservative as a CFO. We don't know. But I don't like seeing top-level management ever leave a company. Because it brings change. And Wall Street's already starting to react to Ben Bernanke's meeting tomorrow afternoon of what is the change going to be in tapering. We've gotten incredibly volatile recently. Wall Street doesn't like change, whether it's a big thing like the economy or a small thing like a CEO. Quintiles Transnational, it's a contract pharmaceutical company, had its initial public offering in May. They added 1.2%. Bank of America, Wells Fargo, Deutsche Award amongst the brokers selling the company. What's interesting about that is Quintiles has been around a long time, and they used to be a publicly traded company. Then they went private. Now they're coming back public again. Sometimes you do that so that you can make necessary changes inside of a company. Sometimes you need to fire a lot of people. Sometimes you need to move, to, uh, move businesses. So you take the company private. You do the dirty work. You don't tell the public, and you emerge as a more profitable company. Again, I'm not saying that's the case. I'm saying that could be the case. What else do we have out there? Hmm. Not that much. Big investors are fleeing China. Housing starts up. Consumer prices were flat. Boeing launched a new version of Streamliner 787-10. It's a stretch airplane. You've heard of stretch limos. Now they're stretch airplanes. I refer to airplanes as buses in the sky. I did a report yesterday about how one airline's basically making their seats thinner so they can fit more seats into an airplane, jumping the count from like 130 to 180. That's a lot of extra seats to add. Go do the math on that. It's not 50%. But it's more than 25%. And you're like, whoa. Let's hope that that plane could fit extra heavy people. Because we are a nation of Oompa Loompas. You know it, and I know it. Coming up, I'm going to tell you what Google's developing. And it's going to blow your mind. It is a Google X project. And only I have that story for you. You can find out more about me at robblack.com. It's robblack.com. Don't forget, CFP Chad Burton does a show now from 1 to 2 o'clock. Monday through Fridays, five days a week here on KDOW 1220. So tune in. Call in. Don't be shy. It's Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial on the Wall Street Business Network.
You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW and iHeart Radio Station. Welcome in. Rob Black, your money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. I can talk the Olympics in Sochi. It's the warmest climate right now. It's the most popular summer resort in Russia. $50 billion has been spent on the Olympics already. On top of what they thought was going to be $12 billion, they've spent $50 billion. Corrupt payoffs, kickbacks. Anyhow, I could talk Stanley Cup Final, great for Comcast. I could talk Adidas in the World Cup boosting soccer sales. Or I could talk market numbers. I could do it all. SP 500 is up 8, Dow's up 99, NASDAQ up 23. Let's welcome in CFP Chad Burton. He's our house financial planner for Rob Black and your money. You can find him at newfocusfinancial.com. A lot of the questions that I get, Chad, on a regular basis are people who are trying to get the best stock, the best return on stocks, trying to beat the markets, trying to get yields for their cash that's higher than, you know, zero to one percent, trying to chase performance. Let's talk about chasing performance, chasing yield. Mm -hmm. Uh, Typically, I I tend to say that anything over six percent is going to get start getting dangerous on you as far as income oriented investing. Well, it's more than that now. So, I mean, if you're looking at some of the ETNs um, or ETFs that are in the muni bond area yep. and they're yielding over 4%, likely they're leveraged, okay. meaning they're borrowing money somewhere to buy even more so they can keep the yield up. So if you have any kind of a credit situation, let's say um, you know budget deficits of California get worse or uh, Spain and Italy become the next Greece, which looks like it could very well happen, um, and you have some sort of credit event, you could see those funds lose 10 to 15%. Um, High-yield bonds, you know, the, those are really considered – the other alternative name for high-yield bond is junk bond. They're right. lower credit ratings. And, again, you can see those move just like stocks in value. I bought a lot of high-yield stuff in convertible bonds in early 2009 that had 30% returns, and then I sold them. Um, Still own actually a little bit now uh, because most funds to keep their interest rates above four percent own high yield and foreign bonds and some common stocks now. So um, you know people's portfolios are more have higher beta now than they think. And we've seen entire firms you know brought down like MF Global because they invested in Italian bonds a little bit too soon. Um, they're chasing performance. They're trying to stay ahead of the curve. Again, they went down for other reasons, but. Chasing yield can bring you down, and it can bring you down hard. Yeah, yeah. You know, like Franklin Templeton had one of the best foreign bond funds. They really stumbled in the first, the last part of 2011, uh, went into Irish bonds and things like that too early. So people stumble. And that's the other thing too, Rob. Really, people need to be very careful of when you go through a period of increasing interest rates on being in really popular bond funds. Those are the funds where people cash out because they get scared, forcing the bond manager to sell bonds that they don't want to sell. You know, a lot of times if you hold the bond to maturity, you're going to end up being okay. But if your investors are dying for their money and you, you're forced to sell the bond at a loss, your NAV or your bond fund is going to fall. When do you think people should just say no to bond funds? 
ever? <clears throat> well, if you're in a stable interest rate environment right. um, or rates are high and they look like they're coming down, buy individual bonds and hold them to maturity. Okay. Um, right now, I like the liquidity. We've de-risked our bond portfolio, though, to go to some really well-managed, much smaller funds so we don't have to... Um, and even less known funds, so we don't have to deal with that run on bonds if in 12 months you know, interest rates start to rise. Um, I would like to buy individual bonds and hold them to maturity, but the level that I have to buy them at, there's so many bonds out there paying at a premium. Okay. So in other words, you're going to pay 103 to $105 for a bond that's going to mature at $100 in five years. Have you ever considered um, like a, a Ford bond or a GM bond? Because we, we kind of assume those companies aren't going to go out of business. Yeah, but again, we're keeping an eye on our managers and make sure that they can get better prices than we can. Okay. You know what I mean? And an individual basis, and that's where you... Wait, wait, you said, do you know what I mean? And you looked at me like I know. I don't know what you mean. <laughs> I have no clue what you just said there. Okay, so well, when an individual buys a bond right. from a market maker... right. A lot of times you're paying a you know, premium for a bond, and if you're buying at such a small level, you're going to get a much worse price than a PIMCO or somebody else that's a market maker in those areas. You I know what I mean? I'm as big as PIMCO. No, you're not as Well, you're a lot bigger than Bill Gross. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the self. You, you might have 60 pounds on that guy. He's, he's, a, little, he's a little yoga guy. You, just went, from, backwards you just went from subtle to not very subtle. <laughs> he's a little yoga guy. You met him? Well, no, I think it's well known that he does like two hours of yoga a day or something like that. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. So, yeah. the only thing I can tell you about Bill Gross is that mustache just flips me out. When he has it, it flips me out. When he shaves it, it flips me out. Comes and goes. So, anything else that we need to know about this topic on chasing a yield? No, I think just people have to, you know, quarterly keep an eye on their bond funds and what's in them. Uh, a lot of bonds, funds that we own and were successful with, we had to sell because we were getting prospectuses saying they were going to start buying more common stocks. I've talked about this before, and I think this is going to be a theme through 2012. Um, and, uh, again, you look, I would rather own the individual bonds when interest rates are high and coming down. Right now, I'm, I'm, I'm liking what my bond managers are doing in my phones. It's good stuff. It's CFP Chad Burton. CFP Chad Burton. You can find him at newfocusfinancial.com. So I do a little television spot at 9.15, and I write it basically throughout this show. So I'm constantly you know, trying to find news that's pertinent to people. One of them that I'm proposing to my producer, Marcy, who's awesome, if I were 10 years younger. Um, I just love smart people. I love smart people. But one of the stories I'm proposing is, bill for 2012 weather damage totals $110 billion. Why is that important? Um, because it helps our economy. You can't tell me that there's not a play on Home Depot based on the fact that your house may burn down. Drunk driver may drive his car into your house tonight. Who knows, right? Point being, if I may make a point, and I may not, is Hurricane Sandy Duncan basically caused, you know, Tens of billions of dollars of damage. You need wood. You need electricians. You need contractors. You need architects. And they get business that they you know, may have not had. And they go out and buy homes. They go out and buy cars. They go out to the bar and get drunk because they bought too much car and they're tipping the waitress too much because their wife at home is angry that he bought a car and he'll show her. Anyhow, 
that's kind of what I try to do on this show, is show you some parallels, teach you how to teach yourself on what you're looking for in investing. You can find out more about me at robblack.com. It's robblack.com. I post my television appearances at YouTube on a Rob Black show. Check it out, please, and subscribe to it, because that actually helps me. Thanks very much. You're the Rob Black and your money on the Wall Street Business Network. Need help? We'll be there. Offercations. Who are the winners and losers on Wall Street? Visit Rob Black's YouTube channel for a fresh take on the market each weekday with Rob's morning market notes. You'll also see Rob's winners and losers and find an endless stream of financial insight when you browse hundreds of Rob Black video clips. Share them with your friends. Subscribe to YouTube channel Rob Black Show or follow Rob on Twitter, handle Rob Black Show, and you won't miss a clip. That's YouTube channel Rob Black Show and Twitter, handle Rob Black Show. to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. I make mistakes. This next segment might be a mistake. I sometimes see a little bit too much in the daily stories, but again, trying to teach about money, let's do it. Google tests Wi-Fi balloons. Google's plan to deploy weather balloons to provide Internet access to billions of people. Great Google Love that story. The world needs more information in remote locations. Love that idea. There's a story out of China where young girls are wearing hairy stockings i.e. leggings that have hair on them, in effort to fend off perverts. I love that story because it teaches me again, people will buy anything. Teens will buy anything. We live in a crazy world, but I'm not going to go on the pervert angle. But I'm going to go on the product angle. Would I ever have predicted hairy leggings to make it look like you have a very hairy set of legs? Probably wouldn't have thought that. Another story on my news, my homepage. Um, I work for Channel 4 Cron and Salem Radio, and I love them both. But on Cron 4's uh, Facebook page, they post some of the news stories that they're working on. Woman was killed and two victims were injured in a shooting in Vallejo. Vallejo is known for high crime. Real estate prices are depressed there because of high crime. One of the things you... Okay, that, that clip needs to die. I don't get that one. Um, real estate is all about school districts. It's all about crime levels. Before you buy a home, call the police. I've got a friend who was buying a home last month, and he called the police. Because on the disclosures, there was something about police. And he's like, yeah, we come out there. They, so when he calls the police, he goes, yeah, we come out there often. There's a lot of partying going on. 
Okay, so it's a party house. That tells me to look for damages, right? Not necessarily look for schools and, and police records. I'm looking for something different at that point. Walnut Creek House fire started at 5 a.m. this morning. It's been contained. 80% of the house was in flames before the firefighters got there. Again, that tells me natural disasters happen, and we're going to have to rebuild. It tells me to ensure what you can't afford to lose. It tells me you should have a fireproof safe in your home for documents you can't afford to lose, including your will, your trust, your birth certificates, your passports, amongst other things. So I see financial stories in every story. A coroner's office now involved in a case of a six-year-old Union City boy that was mauled to death by a family pit bull. I'm not going to get into the argument of pit bulls, are they bred to kill or not, but they've got incredibly powerful jaws that can kill. I would never, ever have a dog that has that potential to hurt. The insurance side of it, not even the moral side of it, is too much for me. I've got a friend who had to give away his dog because his dog was a, a, a nipper. You know, he'd, go, yeah. he'd almost bite you when you'd like do something wrong to it. It's not the dog's problem. Kids shouldn't play with dogs. So he had a dog that was a great breed, but, but a nipper. Like he'd like you know nip at you. And I never had a problem with this dog, but his dog bit a neighbor's daughter. And hurt her face. Now, all parties were pretty lucky, all things considered. Young lady, maybe six years old, I don't even know, has a scar. And the doctor said, you know what, if we put stitches in it, it's definitely not going to heal right. If you don't, it might look like a slight imperfection. Family didn't sue the other family. It could have happened. Now, again, I just went from a a pit bull that killed a six-year-old to a wonderful lab that just didn't like kids. I don't like kids. I'd bite them if they were in my face. But there's financial consequences here. Justin Bieber's in the news. He struck a pedestrian, probably a photographer. At some point in time, you have to handle your fame. But... He's going to be the next Michael Jackson. Too many people around him, you know, saying, yes, sir, yes, sir, you're great, you're wonderful. At some point in time, you have to grow up, which is an interesting concept about children I have, is you have to let them get bullied on occasion. You have to let them get teased on occasion. Yes, sometimes it leads to worst-case scenario scenario, uh, suicides, but it's also about growing up. You learn learn skills of life by interacting with other children. You're not going to keep your child from ever seeing a curse word. You're not going to, it's not going to happen. 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-516-1220. Oh my. Let's see if I can't get some grasp on the show one last time and throw out some useful content for you because I feel like I'm failing you today. Take a look at the markets. Housing starts better than expected. That's part of our economy that's working well. Permits better than expected. That's part of our economy that's going to be working well in the future. Investors are waiting the Fed meeting tomorrow. Consumer discretionary technology, telecommunications doing well. Consumer staples, utilities not so much. That's the main story of the day. That's the fact, Jack. That's all I got for you.
Boeing's introduced a new stretch airplane so that we could put more people in the sky. SP 500 is up 7, the Dow is up 94, the NASDAQ up 22. There will be disappointment when the Fed finally stops tapering. Or when the Fed starts to taper is the right way of saying that. My apologies. Um, this guy, a whistleblower, Edward Snowden, he's denying accusations. It is a spy for China, calling this charge a predictable smear meant to distract from the issue of the U.S. government misconduct. He said, if I were a Chinese spy, why wouldn't I have flown directly into Beijing? He was in Hong Kong when the spying scandal broke. He said, I could be living in a palace if I wanted to. I don't really have much thought on that other than limit the information about yourself because being spied on is being spied on. Yes, it may help stop a terrorist activity, but no one feels comfortable saying, I'm being spied on. Are you with me? Like, that's kind of a weird story that we don't like the angles in it because none of them are attractive. Google's in the news. They're working on a new green project of collecting wind power from thousands of feet in the air. Google's innovation division called Google X. They're working on a green energy project, which is basically have an important part to play in the future of the world energy production. Now, this tells me oil could get ridiculously cheap. This tells me that terrorism could start losing oil funding. The alternative wind turbine project, which Google executives are still fine-tuning, is likely to be one of the next projects coming out of Google X. They call it a moonshot factory. Basically, they came out with Project Loon, which is an experimentation with solar panel balloons to bring Wi-Fi to remote regions of Africa and Asia Pacific. Google Glass emanated from Google X. Google's working on, right now, Makani Power, a California startup wind power company. It uses complicated robots to generate electricity. Love that story. If you had a long tether attached to blades, you could generate power by specifically designing a tether for it. It would be so much radically cheaper and easier to deploy than normal wind turbines. So will they make money off it? Yes or no? I don't know, but they do things right by empowering some of their employees to go out and think creatively, think outside the box. This is all stories that I'm working on. Adidas is expecting a massive bump up in soccer sales to $2.7 billion. Still a drop in the bucket for what Nike does. Adidas is the world's second largest sporting goods maker. And basically, they, they should say to themselves, we're not, we're not Nike. Brazil's hosting the World Cup for the second time since the tournament was established in 1930. Brazil's now in like full riot mode, protest mode, because of a Tencent bump-up in taxes tied towards bus fares. Europeans and South Americans protest so much more stylishly than Americans do. Americans just don't shower for a few days and yell at cops about power abuses. If you want to see how real protesters protest, go Google Brazil protest pictures. There's some fascinating photos coming out of Brazil. Like I wish I was a photographer because it's that kind of fascinating. 100,000 people took the streets of Rio de Janeiro yesterday. It's brought in in scope to include police brutality, political corruption, massive government spending on two major international sporting events. The protesters are holding up flags. They're holding up signs, do not come to the World Cup. That's not going to happen. 
their government's going to spend $13 billion on the World Cup, which is a drop in the bucket compared to what the Sochi Winter Olympics are doing. Sochi in Russia, they want it to spend $12 billion. They've already spent $50 billion because of corruption. Fascinating photos coming out of Brazil. So go Google. Uh, and this is all about a 10-cent hike in taxes. Americans, we saw a massive tax increase. Massive tax increase. And we're like, eh. I'm going to go watch the rerun of Friends tonight. Life sucks being me. I can't afford what I can't afford. I want to watch Friends tonight. Ooh, look at Jennifer Aniston's hair. 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-516-1220. Find me online at robblack.com. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Brazil's having its largest protest in 20 years. Um, some shocking photos of police pepper spraying people. Rubber bullets being used now in protests. All about a 10-cent hike in taxes on bus fares tied towards both the Brazil Olympics next year as well as the World Cup. Um, Brazil's getting a lot of tourists. A lot of people are going to fall in love with that city, but citizens of Brazil... I'm sorry, going to fall in love with Rio... But citizens of Brazil don't really want that, is what we're hearing. It's cringeworthy. It shows you again that some things don't play out the way you expect them to. And I think that's something you need to pay attention to. I think we could always learn lessons. You might be, for instance, under the impression that everything in Canada is going great. Global commodities boom is showing signs of slowing. They've got a housing bubble on their hands. But they also have scandals. If you look at their scandals, Montreal Mayor Michael Applebaum got arrested, charged with 14 counts including fraud and conspiracy. He was appointed to replace Gerard Tremblay, who resigned after getting caught up in a separate corruption scandal on kickbacks. Toronto Mayor Rob Ford. He may or may not be the guy smoking crack on a video. The Mounties are investigating whether Prime Minister Stephen Harper's former Chief of Staff, Nigel Wright, committed a crime when he gave a conservative senator over $90,000 to pay back expenses that he had improperly claimed. The Ontario mayor in London, London, Ontario, he's under indictment for allegedly using public money to pay for his son's wedding reception. In Laval, Quebec, Mayor Alexander Duplice, He's asked his city, the Canada's 13th largest, to be placed in receivership. Basically, every city municipal politician in the city was linked to illegal political financing. You know, not all these are so serious. There was a conflict of interest in Winnipeg for his decision of the mayor to host a city council Christmas party at a restaurant he owned. 
But Canada has got a big debt problem brewing. It's not economically secure. It's not our neighbor to the north that's got a dollar that we're envious of. Home prices in Canada are now double what they were in the 1970s in real terms. Historically, over the very long term, real home prices tend to be flat when adjusted for inflation. One of the biggest factors that has allowed Canada's home prices to stay inflated is coming to an end, which is they're a big oil exporter. In 2012, Canada exported mineral oil, fuel, and wax products worth nearly $120 billion, up from $20 billion from 1990. But as worldwide demand starts to slow and commodity boom wanes, Canada may be in for a home price bust and bigger problems from municipal corporate uh, corruption. So a lot of things that we know, like, hey, Canada's our neighbor in the north, and we love them. Good day, eh? It's not that easy. Things change. SP 500 is up 10, the Dow's up 111, the Nasdaq's up 25. This market is waiting for Ben Bernanke and what he says tomorrow. Higher cost of interest rates. Higher cost of mortgages. The interest rate would likely move up if he says we're going to taper. You know, I see a piece over at Yahoo where, Yahoo Finance, where the guy says, you know, if I'd gotten a 3.5% mortgage versus a 4% mortgage, it's going to cost me an extra $53,000. And we're not talking about Bay Area home prices. We're talking about you know, the standard home price. So he's looking at $148 extra a month because of the move in interest rates. He was gambling on a drop in interest rates. Federal spending cuts known as this quest were about to kick in. Sequester may still ding the economy and may still keep monetary policies on the cheap side. But it is going to be on the ultra-cheap side. Historically, the typical mortgage rate has averaged 7%. If that happens, if we go back to historical norms, I'm going to lose a lot of current value in my home. Because I have an incredibly low interest rate. My payment's incredibly low. For someone to come in and buy my home with higher interest rates, they're not going to be able to buy as much. Now, my home will go up in value to me with higher interest rates if I want to turn it into a rental because I've got a locked rate for 30 years. Just because I turn it into a rental, I don't have to call the mortgage company and go, you know what, it's no longer owner-occupied. Pros and cons. To get your calls in the air, it's 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. You can always drop me an email, rob at robblack.com. It's rob at robblack.com. Try to have something constructive to say. You know, a friend of mine, Doug Cass, recently quit Twitter because he says it's filled with haters. I find that emails are just filled with inane, innocuous, banal statements. A friend of mine texted me, Happy Father's Day. He texts Happy Mother's Day. Like, he constantly texts events, Right? And I tweeted him last night. I'm like, I kind of think it's disingenuous to tweet Happy Holiday. Like, pick up the phone and call people. Just because you're in the world of mortgages where networking is so super important to you, pick up the phone. Make a relationship. Relate to people. What did you do today? How did you spend your day? People are just so disingenuous, in my opinion. 
800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. You can find me at YouTube, Rob Black Show. You can find me on Facebook group page, I Hate Rob Black. Or Facebook fan page, Cron4, K-R-O-N-4, Rob Black. I post everything I do. And soon when my website gets finished and it's in the final processes, I'm going to post even more. Some of the stuff I don't do on radio and television. Don't forget to listen to the 1 to, three, one to 2 o'clock show today on KDOW 1220. CFP Chad Burton's got the air chair. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his... Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.